Hello, everyone. I'm from Austria. If you guys are wondering where I was from, no, I'm not really. Uh, people ask me where I'm from because my accent, you know, my voice sounds different. So I've got, I've got Brazil, where else? So England, English accent. But I wish I had an Austri Australian accent. That would have been cool. Uh, I bought my computer because um, I didn't have no Puno paper, so sorry if this is kind of ghetto or something. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't put it out, so it's on, my notes are on here. But um, my name is Kenzie Knight. Um, tell you a little about myself. I was a missionary to Honduras for about six years, um, from 11 to 16, 17, somewhere around there. Um, we moved back so I could go to high school. And uh, so I've been going, I went to high school and then I'm, I was going to college. And, uh, um, I, you know, just living the, I, I had, we joke about a party lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, I do like to party. Of course, Holy Ghost party, you know. Not, not the other party, but um, I'll just tell you what happened. Um, about six months ago, I had a stroke, and uh, you all know what a stroke is. Get the, it's a, it was a clot that got stuck in my brain, and uh, it was in the middle of my brain, so that it affected a lot more than it would be if it was just on the right or the left because it was in the middle, it affected um, a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, so, um, I'll tell you, all, well, I'll tell you that later. But I was uh, about to take a bath that morning and I forgot to start the timer. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I was taking a bath the morning and um, I just felt like a huge headache come to my head, and I was like, that's weird. And then I felt like dizzy, and I, um, I thought I was gonna pass out, and then I felt like I was gonna throw up. So I, I sat down, and then all of a sudden, I just like went limp, and I just like fell over like that. And I was like, <laughs> my first thought was, Kitty, why are you being so dramatic? Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I, I usually don't do that. Like, I just thought I was like, you know, like, oh. You know, when you get dizzy, you just feel like falling on the floor anyway. But, um, yeah, so that happened. And I, I, you know, I didn't know what a stroke was before it happened. I had no idea what were the symptoms or, you know, what could happen to you. So I, I fell on the floor. And uh, I tried to get up. And I, I don't know why. I just I couldn't get up. Like, I couldn't even sit up. And I tried, I told my mom, I tried about 50 times to sit up. I was determined to sit up. And um, eventually I just, you know, I kind of just gave up and I laid there. And, and then I heard, I heard a voice say to me, Kenzie, you're going to be all right. Just wait, help is on the way. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll just, I'll just lay here. Because I, I was about to take a bath, so I was like, I was going to get the bathtub, because baths usually help, you know, like if you're feeling dizzy, you're just feeling sick, you know, I, baths usually help. So somehow, I don't know how to explain this to you, I pulled myself into the bathtub, because I could not move on my, my right side. That was the side that was, you know, it was, 
I couldn't move at all. And so, so somehow I got in the bathtub. I don't know. I can't explain it, but I did. And I, I, I turned on the water with my, my left foot. <laughs> but, you know, it, the water wasn't stopped, so I wasn't going to drown. But, and so um, I just let one on my feet because at that point I was cold. And, you know, I just I wanted something. I was, I was in the bathroom for about two hours before my sister Jill, she found me in there. And um, she, she knocked on the door. She's like, uh, Kenzie, what's wrong? Because she noticed that I was in the bath for a long time. And um, I usually take long baths, like an hour, you know. But that, that time, that was a little bit longer that time. So she came and she said, Kenzie, what's wrong? And I, could, I didn't know this, but I could not talk. I thought I was saying words, but I, I guess I wasn't because I said, take me to my womb, I don't feel good. And Jill said, all I was saying was, it just sound like that. So um, she did take me to her womb, so that's why I thought, okay, she understood me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, that happened, and then she called Mr. Lewis. She's my grandma, my other grandma. And um, she came over, and they called the ambulance. And at first I didn't want to go in the ambulance because I was like, I'm fine, guys. I'm just, you know, I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. And, yeah, so they called the ambulance and they took me. And uh, most of that, you know, after they took me in the ambulance, it's a lot it's blowy because I think I was in and out of consciousness after that. But um, they took me to the hospital, you know, MOI, everything. And they took me, they sent me over to UofL. And at that point I'm like, why did they send me over to UofL? Like, why can't they fix me heal <laughs> type thing? And because um, I still didn't know that it was a stroke. And uh, so they give me UofL and then they give me the surgery. And I was like, why do I need a surgery? I just, I noticed that my leg wasn't moving because they had asked me to like, you know, move my toes and move my leg and I couldn't do it. I tried so hard. I was like, come on toes, move, move. <laughs> and it wouldn't move. I was like, what is wrong with me? And, um, and so, uh, they, uh, they, they got me back in surgery. Oh, and then um, Pastor called me at the hospital, and I was like, well, this must be bad if Pastor's calling me. <laughs> just, because, just because I know that, you know, Pastor calls, if, if there's something wrong with you, he'll call you and play with you. And so I was like, man, what is wrong with me? Why, why is all this happening? And, you know, I, he couldn't understand me, and I was like, I want him to understand something. So I tried with all my might to say, and I was like, I love you, Pastor. And he said he understood it. So <laughs> I, was, I was so glad that, you know, somebody understood me that night because no one else did. At the, <laughs> you know, they ask you those questions. What's your name? What's your birthday? birthday? What's, you know, they, give, they, show, they have a card that they ask me a whole bunch of questions. Like, what's this? It's like a hammock and a banana. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of random stuff on the card. But <laughs> there was this one guy who kept on asking me all those questions. I was like, oh. Okay, get on. But, um, yeah, so I had the surgery, and um, it was, you know, they say you can't, they, they kept me awake for it. And um, they were like, you know, they didn't want to put me to sleep because they thought I might have hit my head, which I don't know if I did, but they said I might have hit my head, so they didn't want to put me to sleep because they didn't know what all was affected and everything. So I was like, okay. And then, so, again, surgery, and, like, I think it was close to the end of it, though. Um, I felt like a tug and a pull in my, I could feel them pulling the clot out. And um, they say that you can't feel it, but I did. And I was like, ouch, that hurt really bad. And I, 
you know, I was trying to stay strong through the surgery, but I started crying, and I was like, gosh, I can't wait till I'm out of here. And by the way, table's cold in the operating room. It's very cold. <laughs> I was freezing. <laughs> and let's see. So, yeah, I got out of surgery and, uh, you know, recovering. I, they sent me up to the room. And by the way, their room was awesome. <laughs> it was, yeah, the people that were there can say that it, that hospital was really nice. And I tell my sister all the time, I was like, I love that bed. I wish I had that bed there. <laughs> because it was like an air mattress. Imagine an air mattress that, like, formed to your body. And, like, it would inflate when it, where it needed to. I don't know. It was just awesome. And they had those, those leg massages, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if those are for you, like, I don't know if those are for comfort or whatever, but I like them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I got a UTI in the hospital, and it was the night that Pastor and Miss Jessica and all them came, and uh, I didn't know, but I, I kept on telling them I had a fever and everything, and they, they were just like, hey, you don't really have a fever. They kept on taking my temperature. I could feel myself, you know, starting to shake, and... Um, like, I don't think you do, but so that night, you know, Pastor and Miss Jessica came and they talked to me and they had to kick, I felt so bad, they had to kick Pastor and Miss Jessica out of the womb because my fever went up, my heart rate, they were trying to keep track of my heart rate because it went up and uh, so they were trying to keep that under, so they kicked him out and I was like, can you send him back in, I want to talk to them. So I finally got to talk to them, but um, that night, I felt like I was going to die. Like, if you imagine the worst fever ever, I think it was 103, that was the, how high my fever went, but I thought I was going to die. And then I just laid there, and I listened, what did I, I, I listened Miss Jessica that Sunday, because that stroke happened on a Saturday, stroke happened on a Saturday. So that Sunday, Miss Jessica got up, you know, in front of everyone, and I guess the Holy Spirit gave her a song, to sing for me, and um, so I just, that night that I, the fe that I had a fever, I just laid there, and I listened to that song, and I, you know, just, you know, I was just sitting there, and there was a part in the song that says, you know, um, peace to fill that womb, and that always made me cry when I heard that, because, you know, God's peace was in that womb, and I, I felt it. I felt the prayers that everybody played for me every time, you know, you can feel those prayers. Your prayers aren't doing nothing, you know. They're, they're doing something. So, you know, I just listened to that song, and an angel appealed to me in that womb, and he said, um, said, I'm restoring you. And, you know, that was, that was a really special moment for me because, you know, when you're in that, when you're in that hospital, you know, it's not, it's not a happy place, you know. I mean, it was for me, because I partied my way through it. <laughs> but, you know, everywhere I go, I like to have fun times. So I'm not just going to sit in a hospital bed and be like, oh, I'm weak and I'm tired and I just want to rest. I'm like, come on, let's party, guys. <laughs> Bring your friends. <laughs> yeah, the hospital did not like that. Um, they kicked a lot of my friends out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was one night specifically that a whole bunch of my friends came, and <laughs> uh, they had to kick them all out. But, you know, they can't handle us. 
So, so you know, after the hospital, um, I guess I could talk about my COVID in the hospital. The second day, you know, uh, I'll tell you all the things that came from my stroke, all the things, the problems that I had. Um, I was paralyzed on my right side, and, um, you know, with that comes, you have to relearn how to walk and um, moving my right arm. I could barely move it. Um, I lost sight in my right eye. I lost healing in my right eel. It came back, but, um, you know, now I'm a little sensitive to healing, but that's, that's healed in Jesus' name. Uh, my balance was affected. Comprehension, memory, emotions, speech. Uh, at f when I first was in the hospital, I had jumbled words. Um, when I, when I wrote stuff, somebody asked me something and I couldn't talk, so I was like, well, let me write it for you. I tried writing and <laughs> that didn't work that well. Um, it was just like a whole bunch of letters. And um, uh, my taste buds were affected, headaches, uh, swallowing was affected a little bit, concentration, and uh, you know, I noticed my brain worked slower, I thought slower, and I moved a little slower. And, um, that was all the things that came with it, but you know what? God's really good because the second day I was at the hospital, they told me, you know, they they come in and they check you every morning, and you know they ask all those questions. And uh, they told they told my mom that I was the best case scenario for a month recovery after a stroke, which means that you know I recovered more in one day than a lot of people take a month to recover from. And, um, you know, I, I, they told me I'd be in there for a month, and I was in there for a week. And, um, and then I went to rehab, and uh, <laughs> the, rehab, <laughs> the rehab was uh, interesting. I had a, a roommate. Her name was Marge. <laughs> Good old Marge. See ya. <laughs> She, <laughs> oh Marge, she would, she would, uh, she, you couldn't hear her when she talked. She, she, she had like a really soft voice. I think she had a stroke too. So, uh, you know, I understand the voice thing, but she, and she, they would, you know, the intercom, they have intercoms in this room and you, you know, you press a button if you need help. She would, she didn't know the difference between a remote and the call button. So, <laughs> so she would call it and <laughs> they'd be like, Yes, Marge? And she, her voice was like, <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> like, we'll send someone in after you. <laughs> you know, they, and one night she called that button at least 10 times. And <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but she was a nice lady. I really liked her. We, we bonded a lot. But... <laughs> At the rehab, um, you know, I there was a real big piece at the hospital that I had, and you know, you know, after you know the song of Miss Jessica saying, you know, I I felt the room was peace. I felt there was peace there. Got to rehab, and I didn't feel that way. And I, you know, I really wanted it in there. And one more, the mo the first morning I prayed, I was like, God, can you? I mean, I I want that peace back that you had for me at the hospital. And um,
Jesus came into my room. And I knew he was Dale. I didn't see him, but... I knew Jesus was Dale. He said, Kenzie, I'm healed for you. And I'll always be healed for you. And you know what that meant a lot to me? That Jesus would come into my womb and talk to me like that. Because the whole time he was showing me how much he loved me. And you know what? He loves you the same. He would do that for you too. Jesus wants to show himself to you. And, you know, the whole time I, I would ask, a lot of people said, you know, Jesus loves you, God loves you. Jessica said it the whole time in her song to me. And, you know, different people have told me, like, they just come to me and say that, like, Jesus loves you, you know that? And I was like, yeah, I know that. You know, you're, you, when you're raised in church, you know, you, you know, everyone, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, everyone knows that Jesus loves you, but I really experienced God's love for the first time. to this one. Do, um, we'll, you know, I was, uh, just after the stroke, you know, covering from a stroke, you have to learn how to walk again and everything and move your arm. Uh, where was I before that? Oh, okay, this is a funny part. The hospital, uh, the rehab, um, I told, you know, uh, rehab's aren't fun, like, they aren't really nice. The one I was wasn't very nice at least, but it was nice, you know, in that kind of way, but it, it isn't nice to stay at. Um, so, but I told my mom and Jill, I was like, I'm pulling a Jesus and getting half heal in three days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like a Jesus was from the grave. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting out of here in three days. I kept on saying that. And my mom was like, Kenzie, you're gonna have to stay here for a week. I was like, no, three days. <laughs> But, but you know what? On the third day, I was walking perfectly. And my, um, what's it called? Occupational therapist told me that I had the same strength in both hands. And I was like, hey, I can get out of here. But, you know, they, they don't do stuff like that. They, they said, no, you have to stay here the rest of the week at least. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, but... Um, so, you know, I got out of rehab a week later, and, uh, you know, just recovering from a stroke, they, they kept on asking me if I was depressed, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not depressed, like, I was a party, I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm not depressed. Depressed people don't party all the time, so, 
<laughs> but you know they um that depression tried to come on me several times though and uh you know i felt it when it tried to come on me i was like no no you don't i'm i'm not depressed i'm not going to be depressed and um and and so uh, after after a while though you know you get after you start to realize what happened, kind of, because I didn't know what happened to me, you know, you, you can't really comprehend everything that happened to you. And after a while, you know, you just feel like, oh, I'm not doing anything, because, you know, I, I wasn't going to school. I had to drop out of school and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I, w I just was sitting at home and I felt like, and going to speech therapy, I was still in speech therapy. And, uh, you know, you feel, you know, you feel kind of like, oh, not doing anything and what's the point of me being here type thing you know you just start thinking that kind of stuff and we were on the way to Dr. Duplaine meeting and um, I, to I told God that I, I thought I was never going to be normal you know it's devil will tell you stuff like that. Like, you'll never be like everyone else. You'll never be, you'll never be in the in crowd. You're always going to be handicapped. You're always going to, you know, something's always going to be wrong with you. And I, I told God, I said, I was serious. I told God that on the way, I was, we were driving to a doctor to plane meeting. And uh, I told God, if I'm never going to be normal, I just want you to take me to heaven. Because I don't want to be Because I don't want to be here. My time was up. <laughs> but, um, Dr. Dufresne got up that night, and I, I honestly did not want to be there. You know, I just, I wanted to go home. I had a headache, and, you know, the noise, you know, praise and worship. Sometimes it was hard for me. It used to be really hard for me. The noise and um, Doctor Fine got up and said, and said, you know, uh, is there anyone here that is something wrong with your arm? And uh, I was I was wondering, is that me? And I was like, and then this lady shot up. I was like, okay, no, it's not me. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, it's me. And I was like, okay, that's for her. That's for her. She can get her healing, and and so you know, like she had screws in her arm, and you know they disappeared. And I was like, yes, praise God. And then um, he's like, I feel, I still feel like there's someone here. And at that point, like faster and faster, and we're like, Kenzie, come on. <laughs> Everybody was like going, Kenzie, go. And um, you know, at that point, I I used to hold my arm like this, you know. Just to let you know how how it used to be, I used to you know walk around like that, and my 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 hand was always in a fist. And so I walk up there, and uh, and he prays for me, and he tells me the devil's been lying to you, and telling you that you'll never be normal. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, how do he know that? You know, I I just told God that on the way here, you know. It's, you know, those, those kind of things that, 
God really shows you how much he loves you. He loved me enough to show me that I had better plans here on earth than in heaven. He wants me here on earth. And it just touched me that he, you know, that he did that. But, you know, um, this is one thing that God did tell me to say to you all. And um, it's to a specific group of people. But, you know, about the, you know, how I told you about everyone would say God loves you and everything. And, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And um, I always tried to figure out, you know, why is everyone saying that to me. Uh, and... Um, The Holy Spirit had shown me, though, that I've never had a good natural father figure. And this, this, is, this pertains to everyone who doesn't have a father. Or who has, you know, if you have a dad, you know, but he's not really there in your life. God told me that the reason he was doing that was because he wanted to show me the love of a father. Because I have never experienced I've never experienced that. You know, my dad loves me. And, you know, he, he would do stuff for me, but I've never... He, he's never, like, hugged me or anything or, t or showed me in that way that he loves me. And... God just showed me that that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way a dad is supposed to love you, the way that God loved me. And that goes to all you, to everyone who does not have a father. God wants to love you. He wants to show himself to you. He wants to show you that he loves you every day. And just let him love you. Don't run from him. He'll forgive you from anything. It doesn't matter what your life is like right now. It doesn't matter, you know, how far you've gone in something. You know, before this stroke happened, I thought that I was going to be a nobody. You know, it's something you don't say. You know, but you think it, like, oh, I'm just going to live the average life, go to church, you know, have a job, have kids, that kind of stuff. But God showed me that he wanted more for me. I guess I better end this because I'm way over. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to say how blessed I am to have a church family like you all, you know, and to have everyone else, other churches too, because my church really helped me through it, and um, I, I couldn't have gone the way I did without you all, and uh, where's D? He wanted a shout out. Shout to D. <laughs>
But yes, I'm just so thankful for you all. She started me crying. Hallelujah. It's a thankful cry for what God has delivered us both out of. Okay, somebody tell a joke. Oh, praise God. Um, before you put the picture up will you wait just a second um i just quickly want to share with you what god's done in my life um kenzie you just really touched me that was awesome you did such a good job wow um my journey so to speak started uh, a little over a year ago Somebody make a funny face at me or something. Come on, I'm trying to snap out of it. Thank you, Christy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. Last February, I had just had my third little boy. And uh, it was probably just like six weeks later. Um, my vision just real slowly started to be kind of funny. Um, I started seeing two of everything, but it was real gradual and um, just thought, well, that's kind of different. I've never had that before, but maybe I've got, you know, a sinus infection or something, you know, in my sinuses or, you know, I had, of course, your mind doesn't jump to the worst. Um, at least mine didn't. And uh, just thinking, well, you know, so I went on for a little bit, but it got to the point where it was hard to, you know, I have three little kids, a brand new baby. It was hard to take care of them. It was hard to clean my house. You know, you can imagine if you see two of everything, um, it's hard to do anything. So I got to the point where I wore an eye patch on one eye because if one eye was shut, I was fine. Um, so I tried to make a joke of it with my little boys, like, we're playing pirates, you know, because I didn't want to scare them or anything. And, you know, so we kind of made a joke of it, you know, with them. And um, so I kind of went from doctor to doctor, like a regular doctor, two different times. They gave me antibiotics for a sinus infection and obviously it never got better. So then I think I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and he, he looked at me and Jacob that day like, what are you doing in here? Like, why would you come to me? And he said, well, I have an eye doctor friend downstairs in the building, why don't you go see him right now? So we went down there, we were down there for hours. They couldn't see anything. They looked at all kinds of tests on my eyes, and he said, well, we, we think you should have an MRI. So I was like, okay. So. Um, we didn't have it that day, but we left there, and on the ride back home, you know, Jacob said, you know, why don't we call your dad's eye doctor and kind of, because it's over closer to where we live, and I was like, well, that's a good idea with three little boys, you know, you need a babysitter, it won't take us long to go somewhere and do something, and so Jacob called my dad's eye doctor, and he, they, he kind of explained what the issues they had told us, um, and they referred me to um, somebody within that practice that was a 
a neuro ophthalmologist, I think they call it. So we went to see him and uh, he did the same whole procedure again, you know, all the tests on the eyes and there was nothing there. And the whole time I'm getting worse and worse and, you know, um, I had a couple of bad headaches, but really not a ton of them, but a couple times I did have some pretty, a couple of bad headaches, but of course I'm thinking, well, it's, you know, science infection or something. And um, I remember thinking though one day, like, it was really weird, but I thought my head feels really heavy. And I thought, well, that's kind of a different kind of a feeling to have. You know, I've had sinus stuff before. But I just, you know, pass it off. I'm busy. I got little kids. It's like, you know, you put yourself at the bottom of the list kind of thing. And I'll get around to taking care of myself later. And so um, he scheduled an MRI. It was still a couple weeks out because they didn't have any openings. So went on a Friday. This was May 18th. This all started um, the beginning of April, approximately. So it had been a couple months. And went and did the MRI. Roman, our oldest little boy, had his little preschool graduation that morning. I'll never forget it. And they called me, the MRI place, and said, hey, um, we double booked. Can you come right now? It was right after his little presentation. And so I said, okay. So my dad drove me over there. And um, my mom had the kids, and Jacob had to go back to work. So we went and did it. And then my parents came and got me. We went to have some lunch with my kids. And they called me. Um, you know, within an hour, I would say, of that MRI, my eye doctor, and and they said, you know, um, we really need you to come back in here right away. Like, get your husband and get down here right now. So I kind of knew, like, deep down in the pit of your stomach, like, that doesn't really sound that good because they're acting frantic about this. So... But I didn't say anything. I just said, okay. So I called Jacob. They want us to meet down there. And so we get down there, and, and I'm uh, leading up to th this moment. I am feeling a little bit stressed, a little bit like I'm not sure what's about to happen here, but thinking it's maybe something serious. I don't know. But over the phone, they had said it was my blood work that revealed something. So. I just had a baby. They said, you know, it could be something related. You had a couple issues having the baby. So it could be something with that. We can give you medicine. So I'm kind of in the back of my head thinking, well, let's believe it's something like that, that they can give me a pill for, clear everything up. And um, I have to tell you, though, you know, we, I got set in the room, and then Jacob came a few minutes later. They showed him back, and um, you know, Pastor Nancy, I had listened to her over and over and over preach this particular message about Dr. Dufresne getting diagnosed with cancer. And they came back to the doctor, and the doctor said, yeah, it's in his bones, it's, it's in his lymph nodes, it's everywhere. And she said, you know, of course, getting that report, very upsetting. So she said, I, we drove separate, so she said, I got in my car, and she said, I knew that the first thing I needed to do was pray in the Holy Spirit because I had to get myself centered up on the right thing or this my mind was going to go somewhere it shouldn't. So she said, I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. And she said that scripture that says, the peace of God shall mount guard over your heart and mind. She said, it came down over me like a bubble almost, like over my mind. And it, she said, it rested right here on my shoulders and it didn't leave. 
and I remember some reason that particular CD just like kept standing out to me and I would listen to it and listen to it and listen to it over and over and I didn't really know why this was like a year or something before and I just I love that story and I was able to tell Pastor Nancy this later so we're sitting there and the doctor comes in and you know he looks pale he's like um, looks a little shaky he looks really upset and nervous so that's not normally a good sign from your doctor if they're that you know um, acting that way but it was like right before he started to open his mouth I promise you it was like that scripture became if I can say this the Bible became living color to me in that moment and it wasn't just a scripture that I had read my whole life and knew and could recite and believed, but it actually manifested in my life in that moment of crisis. And it was like I was just surrounded. I, it's, sometimes it's hard to put it into words, but it was like I was completely wrapped up and surrounded with the peace of God and the presence of God. And he said we found an extremely large mass on the front of your brain. You can go ahead and put the picture up if you want. I brought the scan to show everybody. And um, you might want to turn off some of the overhead lights if you would. Because I re really feel like it's important for you all to realize what God has really delivered me out of. And um, you can see it better now. And he said, you know, um, this is extremely serious. And he said, you cannot go home. You have to go immediately to the neurosurgeon right now. And I'm gonna, we're gonna get on the phone and work all that out. And Jacob can tell you, the peace of God, the anointing of God was all over me. It wasn't that I was in denial. I knew the words he was saying to me. I knew what he was telling me. But I was so delivered, if you know what I mean, in that moment from that report that I knew what he was telling me. I knew that it was serious, but Jesus had wrapped me up in that moment and was keeping me by his peace. My family can tell you I was not... A typical like natural person the way anybody would respond to something like that that you're in a very extremely serious situation and um, we sat there for a minute and I kind of looked at my husband and he just kind of looked at me and I just smiled I it was like I couldn't be upset I couldn't be afraid. I couldn't go there in my mind that anything other than victory. You know, I, I know that and knew that God had a plan for my life. And the devil was not going to take me out at 32 years old with three little kids and a husband to leave them and to leave the call on my life. And so... And I say all this to you, but this has been such a process and a journey. And so we went over to the neurosurgeon that day, and he said, I just can't believe that you were not having seizures, that you were not having, like, 
all these other problems and issues. He's like, I just can't believe all that was going on was double vision. Like that's, it just conf confounded him that, you know, so I'm saying all that to say to you, even before I knew there was a weapon formed against me, he said, it can't prosper. Jesus said, no, you don't. She doesn't even know that thing's growing in her brain, and I'm not going to let you take her out. I'm not going to let that weapon prosper against her. And then I talked later, I shared my testimony at church, and I talked to Katie's mom, who was a nurse who's been in brain surgeries before, and Miss Helen was crying. And I've never seen your mom cry before. Because it wasn't just, it wasn't just the surgery. Yes, Jesus kept me through all that. It wasn't just the after part, the recovery. Yes, but it was all the before. And they said it was probably in there for years because of how large it was. And so for years, God was keeping me and delivering me. And Helen said, she said, people don't even realize if they're not medical, how bad that is. And she said, like a brain tumor, normal's like a quarter. She said a big one's a little bit bigger than that. And mine was the size of like a baseball. And she said, yours was a monster. And she said, there's no other explanation that you're alive than God. She said, there's no other explanation. She said, when you get a little bit of swelling in your brain, it presses on your brain stem and you're just gone. You go to heaven. And I had, which I don't know, you can see some of the swelling is the real white part. Um, she said, I just, and so that's just kind of retouched my heart again, talking to her because I realized it was such a, a miracle, even before I knew it was a miracle. <laughs> and all the times, you know, I'm out driving with my kids and I could have had a seizure and killed us all. I mean, really. I mean, there were so many times you think of this could have happened and this could have happened and Jesus and Jesus, but Jesus every time. So the doctor said, you know, this is extremely serious. We need to get this out immediately. This was a Friday. He said, Monday morning, we're going in to do surgery. I'm going to cut you from ear to ear and open you up, and we're going to get that out. And he said, you know, some of the mild side effects will be you will lose your speech. You will be paralyzed on the right side of your body. I mean, a list of things. But he said, you know, of course, they give you the whole scenario he said, it's right by a main artery in your brain. He said, it's very delicate. If I accidentally nick that, pretty much it's over. Um, so he said, it's, it's a very delicate area where this is at. And it was laying, um, he said, in the speech part of your brain. And he said, you know, you could be a vegetable. You could be in a coma. And so, you know, the, it was the wide range from paralysis and not talking to obviously much more severe things. And you know, even that, that, that was the same day, even that day, it was like, I knew all that he was saying. I knew, I knew the severity of it, but 
Jesus was so strong on me that I was so kept and protected, and he wants to do that with you. Maybe it's not going to be a brain tumor or something, it's gonna, but there's going to be storms in life that come to everybody because we live in this world. We can overcome anything, but it doesn't mean we're immune from them because we all live in this world, and this world is not perfect. We're not in heaven yet, so there's going to be storms of life that come, and there's a devil that's real who wants to stop the plan and purpose of God in your life. And you've got to be able, when you come up against something in your life, a storm, a, a hurricane, a difficulty, a huge thing in your life, that you can face it knowing you're going to win, knowing that it's not going to take you out and kill you and defeat you and that you're going to make it to the other side. And so that was a Friday and Monday was the surgery. So we told our church family on Sunday morning and my my husband got a prayer outline that the Holy Ghost gave him with some scriptures and specific things that I would talk, that I wouldn't be paralyzed. Um, and all the things that they said and maybe didn't say would not happen and that they would get everything. And so went in, um, you know, I slept great Sunday night. My mom was amazed by that because she was up and she's like, how did you sleep? And I'm like, I slept great. I just... I was so in the peace of God. And you know, if you think with your brain, that isn't natural. You know what I mean? If you're going in for a serious brain surgery, you wouldn't maybe, and typically, if you didn't know God, be really peaceful about that. But look at Jesus. And so I went in for surgery, and, you know, me and Jacob, we, we laughed on the ride over. You know, we were joking with each other, and... Um, it was just amazing. And like Kenzie said, I have known God since I was a little girl. I've grown up in the church. But I have never experienced the love of God like I did going through this whole situation. And how much He loves us. It's just overwhelming how much He wants to help us and carry us to the other side of situations and not leave us in the middle of a problem. And so um, I had the surgery. It lasted about five hours. And uh, he told us, best case scenario, you go in Monday, you leave Wednesday. And so, um, you know, there were some definite obstacles, some things. But when I woke up, I was talking just like I'm talking to you right now. I remember Jacob and my dad came in, and I remember I looked up at my dad and I said, I only see one of you. Because I was so excited because I had, you know, everything had been double. And I was talking totally clear. Um, I was weak all over, but it was in no way paralyzed. I was able, by the next day, all the therapists came in and got me up. I was a little shaky, but I was walking. <laughs> And I walked farther than what I thought I could have, walked down the hallway with a therapist and, um, you know, just, just things that go with it, but nothing that was too hard to overcome. My head swelled up literally to, you know, I mean, it was just humongous. Um, but, you know, all that came down, that was just temp temporary, temporary things. And I came home Wednesday so he told us, you know, that's the best case scenario. You come home Wednesday. And, um, you know, not only was what I just told you 
a part of it, but the whole year of recovery was a whole nother testimony. Uh, God brought somebody into my life, um, Miss Debbie Cook, whom many of you know from our church, obviously, to, I just love her so much. Because if you have children, you know that if you, if you go through something, you normally all you're thinking about your kids. How is this going to affect them? And they're little. And you know, God just set me up to have people that would help me get recovered. And she came in and has been like a second mom to my kids. And God just had all these things lined up for me to help me recover, to help me get back to what I need to be doing for him. And um, it's been gradual, but thank you, Jesus. It's, it's been moving my recovery. It hasn't, you know, and it's like God would reassure me every step of the way. You know, he'd say to me, because I'd feel really down. Because with, when you have brain injuries, whether it's like Kinsey, a stroke or brain surgery or um, something else traumatic, um, it greatly affects your emotions. And uh, depression is definitely a big thing that you have to overcome with a brain injury. And I would be feeling really, really down in the recovery time. And God would say, why would I leave you now? Why would I leave you halfway whole, halfway done with this? And he would just encourage me and say, I'm not going to leave you. Have I left you yet? Have I left you any step of the way? And, you know, I just wanted to encourage you. I preached a message at the at the quarry at the youth group a couple months ago. And it was called From Difficulty to Destiny. And that it doesn't matter what has happened in your life. You can move past it and fulfill your destiny. There is nothing too difficult. There is nothing too hard. There is nothing that's so bad or so great that God cannot deliver you from, heal you from it, and cause you to fulfill God's plan for your life. You know, last year, like my mom said, my goal was just to be here, and I did. And it was, it was a struggle for me, but I was here. And now, look, a whole year later, I'm preaching a session. I'm preaching Friday morning, and I'm able to get up there and sing, and I'm able to fulfill what God has for my life and be, be a mom and be a wife. And, be, and I had the same feelings Kenzie had. And maybe you feel that way about some kind of situation in your life. Am I ever going to be normal again? Am I ever going to feel normal again? Am I ever going to just be who I was? And the answer is yes. He's not left you and he'll never leave you. So maybe it's not something like me and Kenzie, but maybe somebody's abused you. Maybe your family's broken apart and your heart broken over it. God says to you today, I'm not going to leave you. I haven't left you yet, and I'm not ever going to do it. And so I want to encourage you today that the power of God lives on the inside of you. And that power is available to you, not only in the times when everything's going good and, and you're hooping and hollering, and, but when the difficult times come, when the pressures come, when the oppression comes, when the sickness or disease comes, when whatever it is comes, that you have the power to overcome. 
the power to walk in victory. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what your body's telling you. It doesn't matter. You know, in those moments after I got home, I would look in the mirror and I did not look like myself. My head was all swollen up. I had a huge piece of, you know, hair missing and with a big scar from ear to ear. I didn't look like a victor in that moment in the natural, but I was. Because you know what? Jesus helped me not to quit. Jesus helped me to press on. Even when I couldn't do anything and other than let my husband, you know, take care of me and go get right back in the bed. But there was victory on the inside of me because I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. In the moments when I wanted to quit, in the times when it, it didn't feel good and I was really down and feeling bad, I didn't quit. So, you know, I hope that me and Kenzie have hopefully encouraged your faith today. That, you know, people say that miracles were just back, you know, when Jesus walked the earth. <laughs> My God. And let us be a living example to you that Jesus is a miracle worker. Maybe you need a miracle in your family. Maybe you need a miracle in a relationship. Maybe you need a miracle in your mind. There's all kinds. There's such a vast uh, thing of, of, of issues, of problems, of things that you need victory in. But Jesus is here this week in this camp to deliver you, to heal you, to set you free. And so that you know, just like Pastor Alvin said, when you leave this place and go back to your real, the, you know, your home, the re real life, because we are in, in a spiritual bubble right now, that you can walk that victory out when you get home. And that we've put something in you, faith in you, hope in you, that you can go back and live in victory. And when a storm of life happens, you can overcome. Amen. So I hope that that has... Encourage your faith this afternoon, but God put that on my heart for this session um, for me and Kenzie to share our testimony of what God has done in our life. And um, I want to share one scripture and we're going to dismiss. Um, it's in Luke six forty-seven through 49. For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, when a sickness arose, when lack arose, when, when a relationship broke up, and that's a flood and a storm of life, the torrent broke against that house and could not shake or move it because it had been securely built and founded on a rock. But he who merely hears and does not practice doing my words is like a man who has built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the torrent burst and the storm came, immediately it collapsed and it fell. And the breaking and the ruin of that house was great. So I want to leave you with this. As a young person, you need to build your faith. You need to get in your word for yourself. Because in that moment, when that bad report was spoken to me, it wasn't my dad's faith. It wasn't my husband's faith. It was in that moment, it was just me and him. It was me and Jesus. And it was because I had built a relationship with him, myself, 
because I had taken the time and lived for him the best I could, not perfect, not at all, but had done the best that I could to serve him, to love him, to live for him, to dedicate my life to him. In that moment of crisis, he was right there with me because I had built my house on a rock. So that's what I encourage you with, is to build your house on the rock. Don't build it on the next fashion trend. Don't build it on what your friends say about you. Don't build it on what society says about you. Don't build it on what anybody else says. Build your life upon the Word of God. And if a storm comes to your life, you will be securely built on the rock of Jesus Christ, and you will not be shaken. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.